problem was not necessarily that like we shouldn't do it, but that how do you a get it out? And after that, glitter will literally be everywhere. Like <laughs> in my life, everywhere. You can't. So you can't get it out. I think you have to shave your beard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, no. But Zach Kitson took a picture of a guy with glitter beard at the Star Wars premiere, and yeah. it was—I mean, it was awesome. Like yeah. he tried to take a stealthy picture, but the guy was like staring dead on at the camera with this like really intense, pissed-off gaze. Yeah. But like beard full of glitter, yeah. it was yeah. hilarious. The more I think about it, the more I don't want to be that guy, though. <laughs> no, I, so. I don't think you do, Scruff. Scruffers. <laughs> <laughs> Today is December 21st. Bug in the high mind. My name is Stephen Maddox. Here to my left here is Leah Taylor. Wow, why don't you lose yourself? Come on. Leah Taylor. You, you guys get really mad at me when I do that, so I figured I would just take control. The smart-ass one that keeps talking so much on my podcast <laughs> is Junior, Junior Morgan. <laughs> hey, and her giant bear friend to the right on the couch is uh, Scruffy Bowers. <laughs> yes. Having the best day of his life. Junior. Uh, so as you might have noticed from the lag, we uh, have been having difficulty scheduling this thing properly. So as a result, we've decided to move to a slightly different format. We're going to only focus on two movies today. With the idea that the other two movies will be handled. So, without further ado, the agenda for today is Low and Coherence. Yeah, so uh, Coherence <laughs> is a movie that my boss actually suggested to me. Uh, he said that it was like pretty good. Um, and it's not a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination. I thought that it was at least engaging, primarily because I like sci-fi. The basis of the movie is that a bunch of friends who hadn't seen each other in a couple of months get together for presumably a Christmas party. Uh, on the same night, there's a meteor that's passing really close to Earth, or a comet, I think, actually, uh, passing really close to Earth. Uh, the the idea is in the movie that they're historically, when, when comets or like celestial objects pass too close to Earth, that there are like, strange things that happen to people's memory and stuff like that. So the movie takes that to like the extreme. Um, in that... Uh, when they go outside, they pass through this area that's, like, super dark, uh, and when they pass through that zone, uh, they go to a different timeline, uh, of the same night. So, like, it could be, like, one choice was, one of, one choice was made differently or something like that. So, for instance, one of the houses has green glow sticks, the other house has blue glow sticks, another house has red glow sticks, and that's how they delineate between those things. Uh, and at some point in the movie, uh, they realize that none of them are in the house they started out in. Uh, that everyone is mixed up and everyone is in a different timeline, except for uh, except for like a couple of timelines that are the same. Uh, so we can finish talking about the movie as we go on, but that's a basic synopsis. So uh, the fun joke that I made that I feel is apt but has less impact now is that coherence is literally anything but, and largely because the movie does a really bad job explaining like what it's doing is it's specifically riffing on M theory, right? M theory was something that we kicked around for fuck ever ago. And it was real popular right around the time that everyone started talking about quantum physics in, like, popular dialogue, right? Like, You Don't Know Shit was a really powerful movie that, like, popularized the idea of parallel universes in modern consciousness. And Coherence really riffs on that. It pulls a bunch of ideas from that, right? Let me just get this out here and say, it's all bullshit. That is 100% not how the universe functions. Like, don't base your idea on your life on the idea that there may be like parallel yous that are doing better or worse or whatever and no amount of positive thinking is going to make you stop being an asshole overnight like that's not a thing so basically what you're saying is don't get any kind of theoretical mathematics from a movie yes okay good I'm glad that everybody knows that don't let this movie reinforce your broken ass ideas of how physics cool yeah if you do that you're an idiot anyways yeah well (laughs) move on it had to be said motherfucker it's not a knock against the movie it's just 
<laughs> a knock against theoretical science. No, I mean, it's a knock against the way people fucking abuse that shit. That's fair, but I mean that's like that's like a, a common sci-fi trope to abuse like otherwise meaningless that's or, fair. or or outdated. This technical this things. one is particularly evil, I guess, just because it's more because the science is bad or well no because it's being abused, <laughs> okay. it's being used wrong. Okay, that's fair. Anyway. Coherence, can I just make the point out from the very beginning that I spent the entirety of this movie trying to figure out what the fuck all these people have played in other movies? Yeah. And I came to the conclusion that it was basically fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, none of these, they they all have that, like, that kind of face, right? I swear I was looking at, like, Ross from Friends the whole time. (laughs) I thought it was Dude, but one of them was Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. See, here's the problem with movies like this. Yeah. Is that, like, you watch it, it's a dinner party full of white people, and one guy that they call Amir, and it you're like, like kind of, this is probably it. like also partly white, and you're like, I'm not gonna comment on the ethnic, ethnicity listen, of that actor. Right? That's fine, we don't have to. But everybody in the movie looks the fucking same, and so I was like watching the movie, trying to figure out the storylines, and I was like, wait, Mike, Kevin, what the fuck? What what are their names? And that guy looks exactly fucking like that other guy. Yeah. And even though they all look the same, they're all fucking hateable. I didn't like a single character in this movie. I thought that it was incredibly fucking boring, wanted it to end from, like, minute five, and then the ending was terrible. Totally inconsistent with the theme behind the movie. Why? Because the movie is about Schrodinger's cat, and... No, it's not! But alright. Okay. Well, they talk about it a lot, and the premise of it... Okay, so it doesn't really follow, according to Stefan, the fucking quantum physicist, but (laughs) you might be familiar with the idea of Schrodinger's cat, which is that the cat is simultaneously dead and also alive in the box until the box is opened, at which point the two realities converge and one is true. So, here, can I, I just oh, no, I please. need to throw in a tidbit here. The fun thing about Schrodinger's cat is it's an argument as to why that specific brand, I believe it's like Copenhagen's interpretation of quantum physics, is absurd and can't be true, right? Because he says, if Copenhagen's interpretation of modern quantum physics were real, then we could have a cat that is simultaneously alive and dead. And that, you can't do that. That's fucking bonkers. This idea is wrong, right? That was the dude's original argument for that whole thought experiment. But people have just been parodying it left and right. No, I think that's valuable. Sorry that I was sassy about that, because I'm glad that you said that. The movie handles this... So wrong. wrong. Yeah. So wrong. <laughs> because they talk about it, they're like, oh shit, when the comet passes... Things are going to converge, and which one of us is going to be alive? And then the next morning, when she wakes up, he's like, this is weird. You're calling me. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, that was the point of the movie, is that they were supposed no. to converge back in one reality. No, no it wasn't. What no. do you think was? was the point no, of the I would love to hear That's a good argument, movie. right? What oh, yeah. the fuck was? Well, yeah, that wasn't it. But. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that's, that's the thing, is like, the, the point of the movie... In terms of Schrodinger's cat, like I get why you would say that if you think about Schrodinger's cat too much in terms of the movie. Sure, they that makes sense. They talked about it a lot in the movie. But yeah, yeah, they had like ten minutes of dialogue that was about that. Yeah, that, that's correct. Which is right. a substantial portion. It's like an hour long film. Right, yeah, that's fair. It's, it's not a long movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think I don't know that there necessarily is a point of the movie as a, like as in that there's not a point to any movie probably. Uh, like, but like when she so she decides that the reality that she was in was not good and she goes to find a different reality, right, or a different universe that's better. And then she's like, "I'll kill the me in this universe." And then I'll Stay take her here. place because it's better. Yeah, as no. so yeah, like they were like they were all supposed to be separate universes from each other. Yeah, like everyone was supposed to stay in their universe. Yeah. but for some reason, while the comet was happening, they could like pass. Yeah, through them. I don't understand why that explanation gives this movie a story arc at yeah, all. Yeah, so here's sure. let, let's get to the meat, right? This movie, while technically a sci-fi film, right, the the sci-fi that happens in it literally only exists for the character drama, right? Yeah. Where it's supposed to serve as a vehicle for this character drama to function. It's supposed to f- serve as a vehicle for looking at, like, 
what would you do in this situation, right? Yeah. And, like, the movie go- goes a really long way to say, well, you would pick the darkest path because all of these people did, right? Look how evil shithole be- like, people they are, right? And, like, they even go so as far as to, like, knock the shit out of the conscience of the group, the white dude with the beard. Who's the only one that you could tell the difference from all the other ones? That's true. <laughs> but he was also kind of crazy. He was like, "What's up? My name is Hugh, and I do have a brother that's a quantum physicist, and I do have this book that's going to explain, and it's in my car." But, but I mean, that's, <laughs> but that's all besides the point, right? It's supposed to focus on this character drama, but the character drama ends up being so fucking weak, and they end up like shortchanging it because, like, they keep talking about all the terrible ways that this could go, all the evil, awful ways, and really, the only scene that we get of like truly dark shit happening is some lady getting clocked in the head with a toilet. Like, that's it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, like that, that's the thing, that's the thing, and this this is part of the problem with the movie being so short, is that it doesn't, in my opinion, is it doesn't ever get to talk about any of that stuff. So, for instance, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the, one of the, one of the people from the other, one of the other worlds, like, he's got a, and, and this is the thing, it's like, you have, oh, you have like no backstory. Oh, the two guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he, he, yeah. So X person comes into the door with a green glow stick, which is not part of that universe. Beats the shit out of one of the other guys, and then and picks up the green glow sticks. Yeah, stuff. steals all their books. Uh, picks up the green glow, glow stick and leaves. Right? Like, but I think that's a cool scene. But like, you never get to explore why that's cool or where that person yep. went or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I get part of it. Right? Like, I get that. Like, there are infinite of these people and infinite of these parallel universes because the delineation that they make in the movie is that like you could. A fly could land on a piece of bread, and that would have changed what happened throughout the course of the night, right? Like in the in the reality that she goes to, everybody's still having a good time. Nobody went outside. Power's still on, right? Like everything is awesome, which is why she ends up staying there. And then she goes through a bunch of other universes or parallel, parallel, yeah, parallel universes where everything is just garbage. Yeah, right? there's that one where those two guys were like tied up and gagged. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, oh, like shit, they not that one. Yeah, yeah. Not people from other like universes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's the I think I think I would agree that with that as a criticism of the movie is that two criticisms of the movie that I think that I probably would agree with. The first is that they don't take enough time to explore anything. They're rather they're just like we're going to sprinkle some stuff on top of it and then we're going to go along with it. I think it also has the same problem that like I well, and this is dumb, but like the same beef that I have with like Star Trek, where they're just like we don't have dialogue here, so we're just going to insert in parentheses pseudoscience and then you go with it whichever direction you may, right? Like. One of the things I will say this though One of the things That I really enjoyed About the movie Is that it was easy For me to believe That these people Would be friends Because of the way That they interacted Like as actors I think that it's Incredibly difficult For a group of people To interact with each other uh, And act like there's history Without making it obvious yeah. yep. And I think that the movie Did do a good job They, they, that. Like, they interacted like, really yeah. I can, I can yeah. see all of us Having a lot of those Same conversations yeah. Obviously like some less awkward ones, you know Dude. what I mean? Because it does get kind of weird in that movie. The like, best good, line, good though. The best line from that movie was when Mike, one of the white guys with dark hair, <laughs> one of the four or five of those. You act like white people look different. Like I think that's the no, confusing thing. They so, don't. I yeah, think in the real world, that. I guess. Yeah. And he was like, "Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? There are." multiple universes and I fucked your wife in every single one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laughed out loud. That was yep. pretty good. No, yeah. dude, that wasn't well, even the best line. The best line was like, you're all feng shui and granola candles and I don't want to harsh oh, your body. Right. Yes, <laughs> that was the best oh, pick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's the frustrating thing, right? Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed when those characters were just interacting naturally and, and when the drama started to heighten up. Um, I, I've mostly enjoyed the interaction, right? Yeah. But like, I didn't, I couldn't keep track of any of the individual characters because they were realistic friends in that they were all yeah. basically the same person, carbon copy. Yeah, I, think I didn't think. No. Go ahead. 
I didn't think that I thought that the interactions were really natural which was cool and I thought that the lead actress the blonde girl mm-hmm. did a really nice job in like word placement and intonation and stuff like that but I thought most of their dialogue was fucking terrible yeah well it sounded like what we would talk about if we were at That's- a dinner party which is like super passive aggressive mm-hmm. and it just like no could you could you please not and just like repeating it over and over again like Mike that's not your house Mike that's not your, Mike that's not your house please could you please could you please not and I was just like I mean that's like up. that's like the weird delineation for me between this being a movie and a real life and I think that it I think that it's way closer to real life than a movie which is why I think that feels it feel, I don't think it's bad I think it feels weird at first you know what I mean because you're like this isn't dialogue that I hear in a movie this is dialogue that I hear at home or like not at home you know what I mean yeah. but like when I'm bullshitting with my friends right like that's dialogue that I hear then yeah. I, I think the vast majority of it was improv on the spot oh. I can see that like, I don't think, oh, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of writing in that movie cool. Yeah, cool. which is fantastic right yeah. but, the dialogue I didn't think like had a lot of substance, but no, for sure. but it was believable you, for yeah. sure. Like yeah, I mean like would your dialogue have substance in that issue? Right. Not. I think the reason they, they make they have all these blank slate ass characters because you're supposed to just put yourself in that position. Yeah. Right? The entire movie is all about you postulating you and your friend group in that situation and going to all the dark places that they suggest that one might go and but don't actually show because it's supposed to be happening in your head. To yeah, me, to me, that's a little bit frustrating because like the movie asks you to do that and then tells you that that's what they're also thinking about. Because they're like, well, what if, what if the people at the Red Glow Sticks go get the book in the car, and then they'll know about stuff that we don't know, right? Like, I also think that there's a scene in the movie uh, in which one of the characters is like, one of the characters is like really concerned about what he's going to do in another universe, and you get the idea that he's just like a shitty dude, right? Yeah. And so, because he like decides that he's going to go blackmail himself. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, he's the like guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's the dude that plays Xander in Buffy. Oh, really? That's the only one that I recognized. It, but like I think that that's like I, that's like interesting to me but also annoying because like you just I don't know like he, he has this line in the movie where he's like everybody always assumes that we are the good or like the bright path but like what if we're not like what if we're the bad guys like we went and smashed people's cars and like broke their windows out and took the book and we blackmailed ourselves right like what if we're not the good guys and I think that's in the point in the movie where she bails the, 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 the lead bails because I think that that's like the realization is that like maybe we are the bad path and maybe we should like find the better the better dimension. Right. When I saw that part, I was I did that. That's cheesy. I did that but. same thing that you did when we were watching Low, which was to be like, yeah, fucking obviously, you people are terrible. Yeah. You're terrible fucking people. Well, You're obviously not the best timeline. That's the thing though is that none of the people in the house at the time were from the same timeline. They were all from different timelines. Oh, I get yeah, it. they got all mixed up. <laughs> Do you? No. Because you said they were all in the same dimension. I get so. It. Hey, listen, brother. I might understand this movie better if I watch it again, but I have no desire to. That's fair. So I thought it was pretty boring. Leah agreed with me. She told me off record. I mean, it was. I'm excited to learn three languages to watch yours, but <laughs> but we'll talk about that in two weeks, I guess. So, like, yeah, like the beginning of the movie was kind of boring, and then stuff it kind of picked up a little bit. But I mean, it wasn't like a super bad movie. I'd yeah. probably watch it again just because, like. The first 20 minutes, Stefan and I were trying to figure out who all these actors were. <laughs> so, like, you miss some of the subtle things that happen. Like, um, so, like, when she realizes for the first time that she's not in the right house, like, you miss some of those things that triggers like, yeah. her um, knowing that she's not there. Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of fun to pick up on all that stuff, too, because, like, some of the stuff I remembered, I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened, like, or the, two hours ago. Yeah, like, everything everything on the notebook was written in blue, and they wrote all their stuff in red because they right. had red glow sticks, like... Yes, and I noticed that while I was watching it, and I was kind of like, I wrote down that I could go back and watch this movie to figure out all of the things that that I missed, but I just don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. The actual, the nugget of this, like, crunchy candy thing 
is just eh, mediocre. I mean, it's toothpaste. I like I. I don't know, maybe it's just that I really dig sci-fi, but I enjoy the movie. I do. I also genuinely enjoy sci-fi. There was very little of it in this movie. Let's make that clear, right? Very little sci-fi happened on the screen. It was a room with a bunch of people screaming at each other for an hour. That's all it was, right? Sci-fi was supposedly happening outside. It was fun to think about sci-fi maybe happening, but we didn't see any of it. Let's be clear on that if point. If you want to watch a movie about what white people are like at a dinner party, then watch Coquillian's Convergence. Or listen to this Whatever. podcast. <laughs> white liberalism is sitting right next to me, and it's like, fucking white people. Okay, for real though, for real though, and I think that, I think that this this is one of my larger problems with the movie, and I think that y'all might agree with this. Uh, not larger problems, but one of the things that I think is like different about the movie is that most movies like this that are like an M. Night, Sh- Night Shyamalan movie, for instance, is like, "You ready for that money shot?" And then it's like, <laughs> "Here's the twist: she's in the wrong house, right?" And it didn't give you that, right? Yeah, like, like it was really was, subtle. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I think that that's probably one of the reasons that the movie felt boring or felt anticlimactic because, like. You didn't get a moment where everybody gasped and like looked at each other like, oh no, we're so, different, right? You know why? You know why? Because the hook to this movie was weak as shit, right? Because yep. every single one yeah. of us turned off during the intro to this movie, and we kind of like slowly got reeled in as things got more interesting. Yeah. Nobody was 100% on board the moment the fucking screen started, right? That's true. So it was real hard to be with the character every single step of the way of their emotional arc and have that realization moment with them the way that it was presented because you weren't 100% invested before that point. See, and I got drawn back in with the majority of the stuff where they were like, we're going to delineate between us and other universes because I thought that that was like probably the most yeah. interesting thing that happened in the movie. Yeah. But like that's that's supposed to be the money shot, which is why I guess I cared about it. I mean, I wanted you to see I mean? like, like two games of houses like killing each other in the street. I really hope that they were and, all going to die. And I think I think that that was like one of the things that like because Caitlin hates white people. And I think that, that <laughs> well, I think they that's went through like, this I effort think, to yeah, say these well, people are bad people and yeah, none of them died. That's what I'm saying is I think I think that instead of Actually, for instance, not like, really the part of the they movie, were saying that they were like terrible people either. They're just yeah. normal people. Well, like a couple you of all them. are like fucking assholes most of the time too. Yeah. Like, just, no doubt, no doubt. I've so they're not like terribly horrible people. David's wife, and I'm not an alcoholic. Don't have a wife either. So, so or it. David's girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, cool. so that was like the one dude in there. Yeah. No, the, the other ones were planning on how to like physically maim the others. And, and the other one was like from one another them. for a just fucking like, book. She wasn't though. And then there was that one girl who was just everybody's least favorite. The, oh, the annoying girl. ex. Yeah, yeah, they were all yeah. just awful. Who was like purposely like poking and prodding at people just to be a dick? But like, I mean, I also dead. I also think that that's like potentially part of the movie too, is to be like that's probably one of the reasons that she left her timeline because like. All of the people in her timeline were fucking terrible, right? Yeah. And they were at each other's throats the entire night. And then she pulls up to this really, like, friendly gathering where everyone's laughing and sitting around in a circle and having a bunch of fun, right? And then and she then decided to go And then she murders one of them. Yeah. And just kill them. I yeah. honestly, like, I mean, this conversation, I'm getting bored about who's in whose timeline. Like, I, this is how I felt when I watched the movie. Just bored. I can't wait to be just the most condescending person about I'm whatever sorry. you're going to watch. Jesus I'm Christ. Really sorry. I'm sorry. This is productive. No, um, we're going to hate. I know. I'm, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> like everyone's been like putting that movie off to the yep. end. Yeah, yeah you guys also put good. off that the hunt, which you guys liked, and yeah, so. no. But I see, I've gotten a teaser the of the science of, of humping. <laughs> it's fucking um, Michelle Gondry. What do you want? I don't know what that means. I, think I have no frame of reference for that because I'm an American. I he watched. Uh, he directed Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Which is a white person's fever dream. Yeah, yeah also fair. a naval game. So. Look, we're not talking about the science of humping. Alright, so Low was your choice, babe. Alright, so Low came out in 2009. It was directed by Travis Bates. Got a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, basically, Low is about a. Yeah, I got a 6 out of 10. Man, that's hurt. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it's about a guy named Justin. He meets this girl named April. 
uh, later on in the movie, April gets kidnapped by demons. And Justin finds this, like, ancient book that April, like, left. And um, he summons a demon to try and bring her back from hell. So that's the basic of the movie. <laughs> he found the Necronomicon, you mean? <laughs> He's sitting in a little circle at the beginning of the movie, lighting some candles. It's all dark. He's like, wait, let me just paint some horns on this little snake. And then the demons will Well, come. yeah, you gotta make sure the ritual's right or you fuck shit up. <laughs> so the entire movie is shot in one room, and it's really, yeah, it's it's really like a fantastic. Stage. Yeah, it's just a sound stage. Um, and they show different scenes in the movie. They, they ham up the play background of the movie really hard. Yeah. Um, so, like, every single time they cut to a different scene, like a flashback of April and shit, I don't remember his name's life. Justin. Sure. Just said it, okay. like, five seconds yep, ago. Sure. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> Justin. <and laughs> April's life. Um, he's totally inconsequential to this movie. Um, they'll have, like, they go, they flip to, like, a stage where like a set has been set up for that particular scene so like they have a little cutaway of a diner and the waiter comes out of the back room like in a really obvious way right and they, so you can watch like the actors and like yeah like, you see like the stage hands and yeah. stuff back there paying attention to the time kind of and everything but the movie is supposed to be it, it, like it's comedy straight through like some people call it horror it really is yeah, really there's cool. a brief scene at the beginning when Lowe's crawling out of the darkness where you're like oh that's fucking creepy but beyond that like it's straight comedy after that. Some of it falls flat, but a lot of it hits, and it's it's pretty fucking charming. What, what did you think? Uh, first, I'll start by saying that I really liked this movie. I thought that it was really funny. Um, it was short, mercifully short, which was nice. <laughs> kind of over, like I said earlier, all the musicals about hell that you guys are making us watch. Like it's a there very one musical scene, very specific there were niche. Three musical scenes, and you're gonna. Yeah, and they're gonna pick every movie within this niche to make us watch for this goddamn podcast. Like, if I watch another musical about hell, I'm just gonna shoot you. Uh, no, but it was, I liked it, I thought it was really funny. However, I do feel like this movie is the fucking Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope to the T. Like, characters, pretty one-dimensional. April, super hot, really quirky. Like, extremely quirky, but you never really get to know, like, I guess... All you really learned about her was that she's actually a demon, and she's, like, really good at being a demon. But other than that, like, no real reason why he fell in love with her. She's just really quirky, and, like, that has led to him making just a shit ton of really poor choices and you wanting the demon to eat him the whole movie. When you're watching it, you're like, I really want Lo to just fuck with this guy and then eat him and drag him down (laughs) to hell. So, like, just like Charlie Countryman... Pretty one-dimensional characters, stupid male lead making poor decisions for love, one-dimensional female lead with not a whole lot of substance, but is really pretty and kind of quirky, and then, once again, the big bad is the best, the yeah. best part about the movie. Well, um, so he's played by Jeremiah Burkett, and he is just phenomenal. Like, he makes the movie. Like, I don't really care about the girl or the guy, like, at all. Like, if Lo was not a part of this movie, it would be just fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Jeeves does not... Oh, I like Jeeves, I like Jeeves, I thought Jeeves was pretty funny. Yeah, really? like, he yeah. was funny, and, like, I like his voice. I did, too. Yeah, I thought the same thing. He was fucking I mean, annoying. I did not like his musical number, and I don't understand why he had to wear, like, a Nazi vest or he's a jacket or something. He's but he sang Demon Girl, and that was pretty fucking terrible, and as soon as it started it happening, really it was like... It was, it was so God. It's, like, ten minutes. It's and, crazy. And then the bartender danced solo. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't even any singing. There was just like a bartender like doing these really terrible dance moves for a long time. Yeah, the, the music that sounded like a, a postal service reject song. <laughs> like, it's true. Like if like they just had some default program. Yeah, music there was like on a synth, <laughs> and they just like you press the default. Button. He, he was like, <laughs> and so like like, like I, there's no video. He was doing the Carlton basically, yeah. and like mixing a drink up. I um, was really stoked that he didn't get the girl at the end. Yeah. Didn't get the demon girl, which was cool. What did you think of? 
like, so I get, like, I don't know. I think that perhaps the movie is just, like, too cheesy for me. That's um, one of the things I really liked about it. Like, it was, like, cheesy yeah. and well, kitschy. I think, and, you know, <laughs> I, I think, well, here's the thing. I think, I think that I could, I could like that, but I think there are, like, places where it's wholly unnecessary. For instance, there is just, I, I have thought about it, and I can't determine why they would continuously go back to the to the scenes of the drama faces just making awkward faces and then like looking around like oh, you know what I mean like, like I get it like I get I get why because it's like supposed to be like cheesy right but that there's, there's they don't interact with it at all after that right it's just like here's the thing like yeah that's supposed to be like their portrayal of their flashbacks like no, I get, acting out I, on I, stage like I get I get all of the flashbacks <laughs> and stuff and I actually kind of like that because like it made it made the I think that if they would have done it more it would have been interesting because the low character got to be like hey like you're thinking that's not me right like in the scene where they're like yes let's do the 69 on the table you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, oh, the specific well, yeah, well, yeah, was do me like a lesbian. Yeah, right here on this table. yeah, yeah. And like, so like, I, I get that, and I like those scenes, but I just didn't understand why that existed. I also thought that like the the uh, uh, and like the little rat demon that was in there, the chipmunk demon. It was, it was a rat. It was a rat. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Why would it be a chipmunk was, demon? Well, chipmunks are adorable, but yeah, he wasn't. She wasn't but, like, scary or horrifying. I just, I just don't understand. Like, because like it seems, it seems like if the movie would have been longer, you could have been like, yeah, like because they introduce other demons throughout the course of the movie. Uh, so like, why would they just there's, like? Yeah, there's show... really only the one demon that they introduce, though. I mean, the bartender. Yep. And... Yeah. Technically, demon in the room. Well, yeah, yeah, but he was also the waiter while they were in the restaurant. Yeah, but that's and I don't know. And yeah, the so demon and the waiter, and, and, then, the... and then the two souls that are in hell already. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like they don't introduce different characters, Megan but they. June. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that part, by the way. But they just like they just like show you this one thing, and they're like, check it out. We spent hours doing makeup on this human being so that they can sniff a little bit in a couple of different scenes. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's fine, but like, but why? Um, I also like, I really like. Basically, I think that you're, y'all are correct in your interpretation. But like, Lo is like the best character in the whole thing. In the in the movie, it's probably not that good without that character. Uh, I thought that the the is it Jeeves was the the green one that yeah. looked like he got his makeup done on the movie on the, on the TV show Dinosaurs years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought that I thought that like I didn't I just didn't see the makeup choice for that character also i mean it, I mean, was, it reminded me a lot of um <laughs> uh angel like i don't know if you guys ever watched that yeah it's like a spinoff of buffy the vampire slayer again um but one of the the demons that angel later on meets like the the dude that can like see your soul while you're singing mm-hmm. right his makeup reminded me a lot of that guy yeah he actually just reminded me a lot of that guy period like i almost thought it was the same actor there for a little bit i mean so the other thing that i think of the movie like <laughs> did well at the beginning but then kind of fell off on was that like at the beginning of the movie Lo is very snarky and like not condescending but kind of and I liked that I was like that's really that's how in like you know not not like you know but that's how demons would act in real life you know what I mean but like but like I like that I like my demons to be snarky I guess is what I'm saying and, and I like that and that kind of like faded off and none of the other demons really interacted that way yeah, but right? that, like, was I like, think. that was like the big reveal of the movie though was that Lo was April yeah but like that- April wasn't snarky Right. And so, like, the movie was a transition from, like, him not knowing that Lo was April, and then, like, him being snarky towards Justin, and, like, calling him dinner and stuff, to, to, like, they went back through their love story over the course of the movie, and at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, Lo is April. So it was, like, transitioning back to the, kind of their love. Super cheesy. I guess I just didn't get that, because, like, there's they don't make that, they don't make that obvious during the transition. And so, like, you're like, well, at the end of the movie, it's very difficult to look back with hindsight and be like, oh, well, that's a transition, because they start well, off snarky and rude. Well, yeah, I think, like, she starts off snarky and rude with him as low because she's trying to get him not to come yeah. find her. 
Like, she doesn't want him to be a part of, like, this hell, right? Like, she sure. wants him to stay away, and she's trying to do everything but, like, she can transition. to keep that. Because she... Because, like, there's that big scene where he's, like... Where Justin gets, like, super mad yeah. and, like, just basically uses what power he has to command Lo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, no, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. And she's finally like, oh, well, he's not going to give up unless I tell him. Well, that's I what I'm saying. Right? It's like, I don't understand why the Snowy and Meanness stopped prior to that. Because if that would have been the transition period, that would have been like, okay, that makes sense. But I feel like as the movie goes on, Lo becomes progressively less snarky. Or, like, less aggressive. I mean, it might also so, be, like, they're watching, like, she's sitting there watching, like, how they met and how they fell in love again. Like, yeah. And that, that's what I'm saying, is that you don't know until this money shot, which is, like, 30 minutes later. Right, and then you can look back on the movie and be like, oh, yeah, that's why he wasn't an asshole the mo- whole movie, because he was reminded why he was in love with Justin. My, like, that's my, this is my argument, is that I don't think you can do that. Why? Because I don't think that the movie does the transition well enough for you. I don't know. I disagree with yeah, that. I'm like, on this one. Of course you are. Seven, you look like you have something to say. So, I just want to defend against the uh, Charlie Cushman comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. So, from the top, <laughs> Charlie Cushman fails specifically because um, I, we felt like there wasn't any development whatsoever of the character. We felt like the movie spent a whole bunch of time like making these two fall in love and everything. We didn't feel like the characters were developed to the point where like it actually mattered, right? In low, they recognize that they have neither the budget nor the writing to actually bother to go through all that, right? We don't really watch the characters fall in love. We basically just accept that they did, right? And at that point, the movie is asking you very politely, hey, they're in love. Just fucking accept it. You've heard the story a gajillion times before. We don't need to rehash it for you. You know what those scenes look like. We don't have to explain it, right? They just want you to accept love exists. It's a thing, which we do, because, yeah, that, that's what happens. Love occasionally happens, right? And that's that's why I feel like your interpretation of it was that it made the characters one-dimensional. Well, I disagree, because it meant that we spent the entirety of the time looking at Lo as a character and watching that arc, right? We didn't give a fuck about Justin's character, like, other than the fact that, like, maybe he walked away at the end, right? Like, that that was good, I guess. I didn't want to see him die, right? The entire movie is all just about Lo, like, coming to grips with what has happened to it. And just the lengths to which that it has sacrificed for this shitbag. And then, like that really bittersweet, like, crawling away as, like, they are forced apart, right? Like, that is a very key distinction that we have to make in the movie, right? Lo would still be with this dude if it could, right? But Lo does not have that choice. Lo is forced away, right? So Lo starts out trying to Harry and the Hendersons him at the very beginning, right? Where he's like, go away, nobody likes you, right? But that doesn't function very quickly, so it just goes to being scary, and then it just goes to being sad. And it fucking, like, broke my heart to watch that arc. April is not a manic pixie dream girl because Lo is not a manic pixie dream girl, right? Those characters are one and the same. We don't watch, other than, like, maybe the two scenes in the flashback, we don't watch the girl being super quirky to seduce him, right? You get a little bit of it, right? And to be fair, yeah, I can't super hardcore excuse it because they do use the trope, but it's not as blatant or as painful because there clearly is way more to the character, like, with this other side of it. I totally feel you, and I think I will agree that, not disagree, I will agree with you that in this movie it makes it really easy for you to take for granted that, yeah, okay, they're just in love. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, and actually I really appreciate hearing your commentary on it because... I think it lends a new light. I think I was watching it and was just like, what the fuck? This is a manic pixie. I'm going to get him. I'm going to tell him that this is got to be a manic pixie, that this movie is Charlie Countryman, and that they can blow me because this is the same fucking movie. But I like your explanation, and I think that it's super easy to take for granted that they're just in love, and I don't actually really give a fuck why. Yeah, um, you don't. And also that Lo as a character slash 
low April. Like, if the ending hadn't happened the way that it did, like, this would maybe be more of a problem. But it did happen. April is low, and Lo is an incredibly complex character, which matters. But like you said, still the love story that this movie, the premise of the movie, the love story is still Manic Pixie. Yeah, sure, maybe that happened, but I, it largely happened. When, when we had, when Kaylin and I had a discussion about the movie, I didn't have a problem with Lo. I, Lo is obviously my favorite character in the movie. I'm going to say two things about that. Uh, one, I think that, like, I just hated Justin so much yeah. that, like, I'm, I'm with you when you said it at the beginning, like, I really do wish that he would have been eaten. Or if, you know, yeah. like, maybe the poison would have stuck around a what little a bit. What a cool ending if, like, he found out that Lo was April and then... Well, I just ate the shit out of him anyway. Nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I also love the food taste of and enjoy flesh. your 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 nine months in my stomach hey. because my stomach acid is not very good. <laughs> Team and yeah. circle. Yeah, no, like there sure. might have been a point in Lowe's character arc where that would would have been an actual possibility and not just a bluff, but we would never know because demon protection arc. Right. Okay. Didn't you see the sweet ass horns he put on the snake? Oh, I, um, I noticed. The other, the other thing that I will say, and I, I understand, I understand that like part of the movie is like supposed to be comedic, uh, but like I think that I, I get it. Uh, I think that like I think that like the low, the ambiance of that character was way cooler when they were shrouded more, because and I get it. Like that's supposed to be part of the transition, right? Like when Lo first shows up, like shrouded in darkness, kind of right, and you can't really see a lot of the character, and then like. You know, progressively you see more of the character, but like I really liked that you couldn't see a lot of the character, and I think that that would have been like potentially like an interesting thing to play with, especially because Lo is April, right? Like it would have been nicer if he spent longer. Yeah, I mean, but I I I get it. Like I I think that they were like we did a really good job with the makeup, and they did a really good job with the makeup, and so they were like you should see this makeup. That was one hundred percent of the budget. Like yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because the red the the red dude looked like Twitch from uh, League of Legends. Yeah. Um, uh, There was something else I was going to say. But he's texting, so he's not going to. Sorry, babe. Um, do so you guys have anything else to say? Th- about this him? movie drove me in perfectly. Hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was yeah. absolutely charming. I don't fall for love stories very frequently. This movie got me. Obviously, right the love the story about the demons right and the satanic the ritual got Stefan. Uh, go fuck yourself, because this movie was goddamn charming. It was so beautiful. Was it? It's about love that couldn't be. Oh, yeah. God. I bet you like Lost in Translation, too. Lost in Translation, actually. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I like Bill Murray a lot, though. I do, I do like Bill Murray, and I do, um, I do like Scarlett Johansson. By the way, Bill Murray, if you're in Hutchison, because I know you forget this area, stop by. <laughs> we'll talk about um, Lost in Translation. Yeah, we could. Uh, we could also <laughs> not. We could talk about Rocky Haswell, because that movie looks really good. And it's new. Um, the, I, just, I just think that probably the movie was too cheesy for me. And that's why a lot of the humor didn't hit me where it was supposed to. And you know what I mean, like, because if you don't, if you don't have like, uh, it, it, this is the problem, and it's the same problem that you have with coherence. I think actually, is that because I don't, this is not my bag. The hook didn't get me. You know what I mean? Like, sci-fi is my bag. And so when they were talking about a comet and like some pseudoscience shit that I don't actually know anything about, I was like, <laughs> oh no way. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, that's the thing. So I understand why like this particular movie would hook you because like it is, as it, a majority of the movie is awfully done in terms of sitting in this dark room. Like, and that's the movie, yeah. right? Like, that part of it is cool. And even, like, the cutscenes where they're, like, doing the acting or, like, on stage, and you can, like, see shit happening off both sides of the stage, like, as if people don't really give a shit about this thing happening, but they're there to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff is neat, and I think is well done, but, like, not... Seeing the stagehands dry hump in the background. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. And that, but that was also the weird thing for me, too, because, like, if, if you want me to watch this love story, because that's, like, the most romantic part of the movie, like, when they, like, kiss and, like, give each other presents or whatever, like, and then there are two people, like, you, like literally dry-humping, like, you can <laughs> see it, it's brain. not even blurred, right? You can see it, and then I'm like, well, what? I just, huh. <laughs> I look at the thing in the background instead, because it's, it's like, oh, good for them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, that's, 
it's just like things like that that I was like that's like funny but not, not, not my thing. would this movie have would this movie function with a bigger budget and outside of the soundstage conceit that they filmed in I don't think so I think it did it's called What Dreams May Come if you have not seen What Dreams May Come you absolutely should movie. see that movie for the podcast. How many satanic rituals are in What Dreams Make oh, Come? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Don't choose it for But I mean, like, that's that's the movie. It's it's the movie. They just did it a little bit differently. Oh, really? I mean, not, not word for word. It, it, in terms of someone going to hell to find lost love, yes, that's the movie. Huh. And it has Robin Williams in it. Huh. Yeah, so you should definitely watch What Dreams Make Come. Huh. I'm not going to pick it because it's, like, actually a stellar movie. Also, I think we need a little bit of break from, from demons and... Nah. Sucks and we'll pick Constantine. Yes. Be so no, we can't do that, dude. I'm not. I'm actually, too good. I know what I'm gonna pick, but I'm gonna keep it a secret until the end of the podcast. Oh. Alright, so closing thoughts. Coherence. <laughs> I liked coherence. I didn't Maybe like, like a three out of five hives. There's only four hives though. Oh yeah, okay. So two out of four hives? Yeah. For me anyway. I, I wouldn't watch it again. I would watch it again. Just so I could pick up on more things. But other than that. Yeah. I would not watch this movie again. I don't think the movie deserves to be gone through with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. It was a neat premise, and I got as much as I wanted out of it. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment, Stefan. I'd probably give it, like, 2.5 out of 4 <laughs> cones. Uh, because, like, I, th- I think it's worth a watch, but I wouldn't, Wait, did like, you say cones? Cones. Hives. They're cones, right? No, they're hives, cones. right? My bad. Cones. Cones. cones, hives, stars. I'll give it to you out of 2.5 out of uh, 4. Uh, because like I think it's a movie that like I might watch again but I, it's not one of those movies that you like walk up to your friends and you're like oh my god have you seen Coherence? <laughs> yeah like, it's, it's definitely not, not. <laughs> it could have been but it's not so thank you Kyle so, for this recommendation Kyle the guy he's my boss it. Kyle I love you hire me next year <laughs> <laughs> I give this one out of four combs honey combs I didn't like it and I thought it was boring and I wanted it to end when I started it so <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to assign an arbitrary ass rating system to this. Dude, that's the point that's of the podcast. Thing. That's, no, it's not. You've yeah, just been shoehorning that mean. shit in. No, fuck that nonsense. You wow, you don't a, like stuff that your girlfriend, your fiance You can assign did. a point rating to it if you want. I don't care. I'm not going to stop you. Oh, you know what something you said? I'm not going to be part of your system, man. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> Low, final thoughts. Four to five. Four out of four fives for me. I liked it a lot. It's right up my alley. Yes. Yes, it is. I give it three out of four honeycombs. I liked it. I would watch it again. I did watch it again. I've watched it twice. I'll, I think I'll give it two out of four cone hives. Heresies. <laughs> it's just, like, not my bag, which, which is fine. Like, <gasps> oh, it's not my now I know what movie I want to pick. Silent Hill? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should watch Silent Hill, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't my bag. It's not that it's a bad movie. I think it's, like, you should watch it, but... Especially because it's like 45 minutes long. Yeah. So. That is a good point. You are not wasting your time in this movie. Yeah. Largely because it's not going to take up a ton of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like that. I like yeah. that the movies we watched were short. Yeah. As opposed to the four hour long bloatfest romantic comedies where they just kind of sit and stare at each other's navels for like <laughs> half an hour. And then a little bit of plot happens and then they go back to staring at their navels. And they're like, oh no, we can't be together. <laughs> but we can. <laughs> yep. Mom got over it. I'm sorry <laughs> that I brought up Charlie Countryman in this podcast. Look, motherfucker, every single one of your picks has been like that. You the liked hunt, the hunt. Yeah, but it's still a love story between Mads Mikkelsen and some random chick. It really wasn't no, a love story at all. Oh, weird. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> 
because it was almost a love story between <laughs> Nicholson and some little boy. So, uh, little girl. 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 That was the argument. That, Didn't actually watch the movie. So that was the argument it. that I was making. The dog died. Wow. Well, all right. Uh, okay, so picks for next week? Yeah, Team A. For Team A? So, yeah, Team A. Go ahead. Um, my pick for next week is Angel's Egg. It's an anime. I'll be doing a lot of animes here pretty soon. Um, Leah's Anime Corner. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> fucking weird. Have God you watched it? it? Yeah. Wait, you have? It's fucking weird. I saw it after you were talking about it. Okay, yeah, so it's kind of weird, but from what I read about, like, I haven't watched it, but from what I read about, like, there are several different ways people haven't interpreted this movie, so I thought it would be a good discussion. Yep. So, that's what what I'm thinking. What do you think this was about? Exactly. I don't know, man. Capitalism? Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Angel's Egg is what we're watching next. I hate that you guys are doing this to us. What? What? Like choosing movies that you know that we won't like. That's I've not the never intention. seen the movie. She's oh, never okay. seen it. Yeah, I didn't pick low. Like we didn't pick low because we thought you wouldn't like it. Literally twenty minutes ago on this podcast, you giggled to yourself and you're like, <laughs> "I know what I'm gonna pick. You're gonna hate it." Because I fucking <laughs> love it. Like it's a fantastic film, and I already know that like a couple people in this room didn't like it as much, and I want to have that debate. Like I'm picking the movie that I'm gonna pick so that we can argue about it, not for any other reason. Well, I just want to get a, get along with you. That's weird. I just want to be friends with you. Yeah, and we do that by arguing with each other. <laughs> I know. I thought a lot about this. Fucking accept it. Like, we're not going to have consensus, dude. All right, so what's the other pick for Team A? Uh, I'm going to pick Fury. Oh, cool. Is that just the... Is that it? Yeah, it's Fury. Fury. I mean, it's a, it's a World War II movie. Oh, okay. okay. It's, like, relatively new. It's got, like, an all-star cast. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's got, got Shia, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf in it. In it. Oh, God. Uh, wait, time out. Let me just say this. It's got a clean-shaven Shia LaBeouf in it. Okay, he's not a main character. Better. He's, like, he's, he's a sidekick? Character. Yeah, he is. Okay, good. Oh, thank God. Yeah, which is where he belongs. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's so, exactly where he belongs. Or in a movie theater watching his own movies. Yes. It's fantastic as, like, the life coach buddy, right? And that's exactly that's exactly what he is in this movie. He's the life coach buddy that's like, hey, man, maybe you should calm down a little bit. Perfect. Wait. Yeah, for sure. It, it's kind of a downer. Constantine, so. why do you make me drive the car, man? Yeah. You didn't teach me how yeah. to run. Yeah, that's right. Chaz, ass, <laughs> dead. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Fury's going to be my pick. Cool. Fury, Angel's Egg. Cool. And then... Team B's going to make their decision in two weeks. Yep. Yeah, and obviously you should, as always, leave comments, post... Uh, suggestions. Like, favorite, and subscribe. Like, favorite, and subscribe. <laughs> if that's a possibility. Uh, they will be... review on iTunes, because I think that we should start reading those. Yeah. Uh, as, oh, there, as there are aren't some? any. There, oh, no, no. When oh. there are some, oh, okay. uh, we understand that we have some viewers from overseas, too, so please, we want to hear your input on what you think of this monstrosity. Uh, <laughs> Google Translate is handy. It is. Uh, um, the show liner for this one is going to contain an email address as well. So, when I get around to that. Oh, cool. So when this is published, we'll have an email address. I'm hoping we get hivemind at gmail.com. Yes. But I don't know if that'll be the case. If we don't, can it be hivemind420? No. Oh, God. Believe. No, <laughs> Stefan, don't. Why what, Why would you assume I would pick that? Well, I wouldn't, but I'm, I'm telling not, you, you're the one picking the email address. Yeah, I'm so. not hip on that joke. Like, I'll laugh at it at a distance, man, but I'm never going to embrace <laughs> anything that is mine. X- that <laughs> stupid bullshit. XXX underscore hivemind underscore XXX. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> That was hive mind. Alright, close this out. Beep, 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 beep. No, Ooh, we didn't do mind. the thing. What the thing? We do a thing? Or we're like, you're Stephen Maddox. Oh, I'm Stephen Maddox. I'm Leah Taylor. Caitlin Mori. I'm David Bowers. That was hive mind. That was hive mind. It was hive mind. Sorry that I was sassy about that. Sorry that sorry that sorry that I was sassy, sassy, sass, sass, sassy.